Welcome everyone to episode three of season four of the Financial Fofu podcast. Today, today we thought that we would not get a guest in to talk about marketing, but instead have a little bit of a chat about what we've done in our own businesses. Um, And I guess building your business just from the business owner's perspective rather than from a professional marketing person's perspective. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I've been 20 years in business, Trudy. You're now, goodness, yours is coming, fine. Just coming up to five. Hmm. Yeah. Like, wow. That's, <laughs> that's I, didn't even, I met you right as you were starting. That feels like yesterday, doesn't it? I know. It's, not, it's gone um, very quickly. So, look, today let's have a chat about very, some, very some of the things that worked really well, some of the things that we've done that haven't really worked all that well. Um, to just look, I guess, at some of the different options that are out there without engaging a professional um, to do your marketing for you. Yeah. So where would you like to start, Sarah? Sure. What would you like to start with? What did you do, what did you, what did you um, do first? What was well, the I mean, very first thing you did? Do you remember? Well, yes, because it was 2003. <laughs> <laughs> the internet barely existed back then, so business cards, that's what you yeah. had to do back then. Yeah, but things are very, very different now, and I suppose that's a good place to start: is recognizing where the market's at and mm. what you need to do to be able to cut through the noise that's in the marketplace. Yep. Um, today is clearly very different than what it was in two thousand and three, with my home design business card on. Uh, I think it was a word <laughs> doc, and then I sent it off to like the original iteration of Vista Print at the time. Yep. Um, and it was terrible looking back. I wish I'd kept a copy. It was so bad. But um, I've said this for years. If if I had my time again, I would put money aside and um, invest properly in marketing from the get-go with a proper brand identity, proper logo, yeah. colours, style guide, um, proper yeah. website. I've had probably 10 different websites. Like if I talk about SFE loans over the years, yeah. just SFE, we've had one, two, three, four, five, six websites, I think. Um, yeah. You know, just getting like rookie rookie web designers back in the day, like screwing you yep. over, doing 90, 85, 90% of the site, wanting to be paid. Mm. That do- trend doesn't seem to have changed. No disrespect to <laughs> web designers out there, but the idea is to find a good web designer. Like mm. I have only recently updated my websites after oh, 2017, 2018. So I got four or five years out of the last ones and I needed to update yep. them because the platform... WordPress that SFA was built on um, was outdated and a lot of the plugins were no longer relevant, so it was time for an upgrade. But uh, I guess it, the reason why I upgraded it. Yeah. it so. But it is important to acknowledge that we've all got to start somewhere. And starting with a, a Word doc <laughs> business card is probably, you know, you're probably not the only one listening who goes, yeah, yeah, we did something similar and that's the first thing we yeah. did as well. Now let me ask you, do you still yeah. have a business card? I do, but to be honest, I don't really use them. I use them when I go to networking events, which obviously we didn't do during two years of COVID. Yep. Um, these days in terms of skills around, like it's nice to have if you're a new business, but mm. if you've been around for a while and you know your stuff and you're confident and comfortable with who you are, yep. these days, if I, especially if I don't have a card on me because I'm like, mm, sorry, don't know if I got one, um, 
I ask them for their contact details. I save their yep. phone number and I use it as an opportunity to do an additional introduction after the initial meeting. Yeah. So I, well, in some ways, way sometimes well. I say no deliberately because I, I mm. want their contact details. It's a sales ploy um, because if I, I know if I just hand them a card, I'm not going to actually have an yeah. opportunity to build a relationship with You're them. You're just going to go in a pile. Details and send them the details. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I find yes. sometimes as so well people don't want the physical people don't necessarily want the physical card, they just want to put their phone number or grab your phone number as well. Um my yeah, first I mean when we started kudos money. Mm. No, no, you go. When we started kudos money, we went to an electronic tap card for that reason. That's right, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, we went yeah, to a tap card because it was um it was environmentally friendly. Um, it gave you all of the contact details. It allowed you to link straight to my website without having to type the website details in or, you know, Google stalk me kind of thing. So, yep. um, that's yeah. another option as well. But what um, about you? The first thing I did, um, my sister's a graphic designer, so she did my logo. So we just did that fairly simply. That's a win. <laughs> that is a win. <laughs> um, and then um, she put me onto one of her friends who did the web, uh, just a b very basic website for me, um, fairly cheaply as well. Again, just to get a presence up and to be able to point people to something that had my details, my information, and what I did um, yeah. on. Um, but in the really early days, for me, you know, accountants get most of their work by referral. So it was really about, I suppose, telling people, talking to people mm -hmm. and saying, this is what I'm doing. Um, this is what services I'm going to provide. This is how I'm going to go about the business and just connecting with different people who could put me in touch with others who might be able to refer me work. And that's how I guess we met um, yeah. in the first place as well, Sarah, we exactly did. from, from <laughs> that. Um, and I spent a lot of that early days having um, coffees with financial planners and brokers and um, other various professionals that might be able to, um, you know, flick me some work from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think um, in your industry as well, it was potentially that's still the old school way of networking as well. So I suppose mm. it's relevant if you've done your research to work out how your industry refers mm. and shares contact details and sends business because there was no point you going out and, I don't know, doing a letterbox drop if I, I did do one. You weren't going to get clients that way, right? I know I didn't get any, did you, did you but get I did do one. Well? No, I didn't. But I had a lovely walk with a couple of my mates. So did I. I. Yeah. <laughs> Again, 2003. Um, it also does depend on your industry. Like if you're the local plumber, that yeah. might actually work, dropping your magnet in because people stick it on the fridge exactly. and then they need one and, and your phone number is yeah. there. Um, but for me, yeah. that's not the way that people are going to find um, their account. And I've learnt over time that people like to have a, a recommendation and someone that <laughs> knows me um, first. But, no, I definitely did try the, yeah. the letterbox drop. That was also in the very early early days. It's the same for me. I got nothing out of a letterbox. Mm. Yeah. Trusted mm. industries, right, professional services, are very different to, to a trade base or mm. – um, even if you're selling a product, potentially you might pick up another option and we're about to see mm. lots of electoral campaign material <laughs> oh, come exactly through right. a box drop and apparently that does work. So oh, there you there's go. obviously different ways or, or um, 
like industries or demographics where that still does work for. So I yeah, suppose definitely. the research part is pretty relevant, right? One of the other options that I considered but then dismissed was looking at the local paper or some of the free magazines that are around. You know, I looked at it as an option but decided against it because it just wasn't a relevant place for my particular industry. But you, I can certainly see where that might have its place for certain industries. Again, the trade industry probably that might work well. That might be something where people would go. Um, we've actually got I a local see. like Mums and Babies magazine as well. So if you're selling products to that particular audience, then that could be a relevant place um, for you to, to look at putting some advertising as well. Yeah, I was going to say, we see a lot of tradies use high pages and stuff to get going, which is a paid yeah. um, advertisement piece. But again, I did the True Blue and the local yellow pages free mm. listing back then. That's when they oh. used to actually send you the yellow pages. I um, um, I did a Google of free business listings Australia and just put my details into anyone I could find because I figured even if work yeah. didn't come directly from that, it might help drive traffic to my website um, yeah. as well. So, yeah, I did a whole bunch of those fairly early in the day too. There was one that I did actually get on. It was like a mortgage broker. I don't know what you call it, like a referral, like it was mortgagebroker.com or something like that. Mm. Um, and I got a couple of deals out of that. That guy was very lovely. No, no, no one know what happened to him. So I don't know who <laughs> survived. But I did get in the early days. I mean, realistically, like we said earlier, trust-based services, it really comes down to, um, you know, like word of mouth, introductions. So knowing yeah. your industry, knowing your audience and recognising where you need to invest your time and your energy and your money. Yep. So if yep. I had more time again, what would I do now? Like things are very different now than what they were then. But, yeah, um, website, quality brand and identity, yep. website, um, SEO. SEO made a massive difference to my business when I bumped up Google and um, Google now, not Google My Business anymore, it's Google um, Maps business mm. listing, which is just annoying, but, you know, cost cutting is happening at Google. <laughs> um, so that's that's been really, really beneficial. And that, um, you know, SEO, internet, backlink web, um, which is why you'll see that we've got so many websites between Trudy and I. Well, <laughs> let's be real, me and you and, and you. Trudy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just because the SEO... Yeah, I love them. Absolutely adore them, <laughs> But the, the SEO value of mm. the backlinks that you get from websites actually really does assist with your domain authority and recognition within the SEO searching of Google, which bumps you up the pages. So people can find me now if they type um, Business Advisor Melbourne, mm. and a lot of it is off our podcast recordings and that website or my SFA Loans ones. So it's just yep. recognising the key terms, the similar terms that are discussed, and it just bumps you up. So um, there's yeah. definite value in um, that sort of stuff for sure. If I think about where, other than referrals, where I've had people phone me up from, um, I now um, request Google reviews off a lot of my clients after the job's done. Yeah, um, massive, and, isn't it? And I have had a number of people ring me, just found your website, saw that you had some good Google reviews, so I thought I'd give you a call. Um, so that has actually worked quite well for me, particularly this year. I only sort of started doing the Google reviews last year, so it feels like it's now 12 months later It's is what it's taken for it to really start to to pay off for me. Um, and in yeah, terms it of, does take about 12 months. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and there's lots of easy ways to do Google reviews. I've seen people just include a comment in when they send the bill out. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Could you do us a Google review? I've seen other people send it as a separate um, email. So, you know, there's a few different ways you can request them. I often text it to people because yep. they're on their phone. They can click the link. They can log straight in, bang, 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 yep. review done. And, and if you're nervous about sending it yourself and you've got an admin person or, or an admin email address even, mm-hmm. send it from that if, if that makes you feel more comfortable um, in making that request. Yep as well. It doesn't necessarily have to come from your personal email address. Um, the other place that I have had a few phone calls is from um, Instagram um, and my, yeah, my mm-hmm. posts and my marketing um, on that. A couple of them have literally just been, I've been following you for a while and I need an account. So now it made sense, you know, to give you a call. Yeah. Um, some of the others have literally been in direct response to a particular post that I've put up post. that has so been relevant to that really- client. I suppose it's really relevant to bring that up now that consistency across your social media is really important into because you never know who's watching or mm. how long they've been watching you for yep. and what particular post or thing actually then drives them to take action. Some people follow for a very long time before they choose to engage. Other people don't. They find you, they go, bang, you're exactly what I'm looking for. Here we go. But consistency in posting. So if there's one thing that you could take away from today is post regularly to your social media. Now, when I say regularly, for you, it may be once a week. Mm. It doesn't have to be every day, but for you, it may be once a week. It may be once every second week. I think anything over than that tells the audience that you're not serious about getting new customers. And yes, that is how fickle we are these days with our assessments on businesses that Mm. don't bother to post online. So even if you were fully booked, post once a week or once a fortnight, because it's building consistency. And show before or after photos if you're selling a product or something along those lines or if you're in the construction Mm. industry or people love a good pic, they go off pics more than they go off um, individual text posts and words. And then, yeah, we're back if we're on Instagram. We're talking reels these days. That's really the value. We talked about that earlier with both Cammy and Jess about the value of the video. Mm. Um, I still don't like the video, but I know that it's... I know, but it's it's worth worth doing. As I'm recording really... you on video. <laughs> I know, but this doesn't feel so much like a video because we're having a conversation at the same time as opposed to just sticking a camera yes, and is. me talking to myself. Um, feels yeah. very, very different. But, you know, the marketing people would probably tell us that um, someone wants to hear from you X number of times over a certain period before they're actually going to make contact with you um and the social well, media yeah, is I mean, a great way be, of having is strange. having those touch points um is a very yeah, helpful way of putting be yourself sales in training sales training used to be seven times you had to ask mm. for a referral or a review before people would do it and i think yeah. it's gone up now you have to ask for more than you used to because mm. people just don't do it they go yeah 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 i'll get to it and then mm. they don't do it going to grab your attention quickly. Um, And it's not something that I've done, but I guess maybe if you are struggling to get Google reviews or whatever it is, put something, you know, people like it when there's something in it for them. Um, If you give us a Google review this month, we're giving away $500 of free services or or whatever it is. I'm going to point out something there. I had a client Mm. that was um, senior product developer at the ACCC. Mm. He pretty much told me, you can't do that legally. Oh, you can't do that. But everybody does do it. Oh, they no, go. because you're colluding and coercing into ah, a review, therefore the review. it is not a genuine, ah, authentic, independent review. Um, review. And I was like, mm-hmm, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So <laughs> usually, yeah, it's a it's a tough one, right? Mm, I know, like the likes and shares mm. on Facebook and Instagram were really popular for a while, but just be aware about the reviews. Mm. That if you're asking for reviews, okay, ignore trees. You to be coerced if you're offering. Mm. <laughs> Take mm. it with a grain of salt. But, you know, definitely you could still have some sort of incentive to get people to engage with your social media because all of those things help yeah. um, as well. Um, I'm just trying to think what are some well, of the other things. It could just not be about reviews, though. It could be something else as um, a competition that you're running. Yeah. Um, one of our clients is currently running one. They've got um, a new studio open and they've got um, a $250 voucher towards that going for um if you do the competition so i mean look there's definitely things that are still happening i think the thing with any of this stuff is that that it's always about conversions and percentage Mm. click-through and engagements it's not about how many views you get or how many likes you get it's about how many people click through to the link in your bio and then click through to your website we're talking engagement metrics not um audience metrics and that's where a lot of people get confused and they don't track that okay it's nice to know that your post was seen by five thousand people great how many people watched it for longer than two seconds? Mm. How, many and how many people actually took action? Clicked on some of the other stuff within your profile. Mm. And as a yeah. business, that's engagement what metrics are so much more valuable. Trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, some other things. I mean, I... and look, to be fair, the time that goes into the time that goes into um, investing in the amount of work for social media, you have to work out, is it worth the return on the clients that you get? Which is why I'm saying to you, if you're not getting anything out of socials, that's fine. Post consistently once or once a week or once a fortnight. Mm. Don't stress about the rest of it. Just get go about your business. If yeah. you are getting work out of social media, then you already know that. And we haven't even talked about social media advertising yet. I know there's a lot of businesses that use social media advertising, but we're also seeing quite regularly now that if something happens, and your account gets shut down, mm. you end up not being able to access your Google accounts or your Facebook uh, meta advertising accounts and your business can fail as a result because you lose all of your sales. Yeah. So if you have one system in place and you are relying on one system in place, your business um, sales funnel is not very sustainable and it's important to not invest all or put all your eggs in one basket. Have you done much in the way of Facebook or Instagram advertising? In the past, from time mm. to time. Um, but, again, most of my business really came from word of mouth. Word of mouth, So yeah. I would be better off investing in an email database that I had already of existing clients and then asking mm. them to pass on my details. I had a call I have to make later today from uh, an, a Facebook message. So a lot of people contact me through Facebook, but they don't find me through Facebook. Um, they're told about me through Facebook. So this is her sister. She was a client of mine in 2007 and she's like, you're amazing. I need to talk to you. And she came through <laughs> Facebook. So yep. her sister's gone, found it on Facebook, shared the page. She's contacted the page. I've responded. So hmm. like I said, it's um, it's an opportunity for you to create a sales funnel, but it shouldn't be a be-all and end-all, which is yeah. why I own my website and I'm very specific about the platform that it sits on and the security behind it because it that website is really the only thing that I can control or own. You, you don't own other platforms and therefore if you don't own them, as an asset, you don't control them 
So, yeah. I mean, we have talked about this previously about the value of what you can own and control. So um, that's what I think about that. So I know that we mostly play in the Instagram and Facebook space. You do a little bit on LinkedIn as well, but for other businesses, you know, there's also yeah. TikTok or Twitter or I'm sure there's other ones that I don't even know exist. So pick what works for your business. Don't feel like you need to use all of them because you're never going to have time to interact properly on all of them. Um, I would say pick the ones that you like best and focus or where your clients sit best and focus 100%. on those couple rather than trying to play on everything because it's just going to take eat up all your time and not have the return um, that's worthwhile for Completely. you. Completely. I, I think I think with that, like I use a scheduling program called Loomly mm. that access all of um, all of my different platforms and it also posts to Google um, my well the Google profile now, Google Maps or whatever, Google My Business. Um, because that is also another way to boost your SEO and get mm, traction directly. Yeah, so I had Camille telling me about Google. that, but I haven't actually posted on it yet. Yeah. I've been doing it for years, so it's mm. not new for me, but I think that also then helps with, you know, the reviews that I've got there, the traffic, it bumps your listing in Google Maps um, because Google is a completely separate ecosystem to Meta. So, mm. you know, again, hedging my bets, creating a more sustainable um sales funnel there and then LinkedIn as you mentioned is again completely different but LinkedIn um, also have business pages on LinkedIn LinkedIn is all about your personal profile and mm. one of my concerns about LinkedIn is it's a bit of a look at me <laughs> look how good I am it can look be all the things yeah. that I achieved. It, it's changed a little bit from of, what it first started I think yeah and I, I mm. find it a little bit frustrating because everybody's lives are not perfect and maybe it's just going through a growth phase as mm. all of the other platforms have, um, it, it's, I prefer to present information on that that's part of who I am as my personal professional profile mm. um, and then I share things from my businesses. But I really don't push the accolades or look at me, I was here or whatever. Mm. I try and give useful tips and, again, grow rapport in the same way as I would if I was in the pub. So how does a yeah. pub, pub test, right? Yeah. Definitely. The same thing. I wouldn't sit down at the bar as a bar fly and be like, oh, my God, did you see that I won an award last week? <laughs> the person on the next stool would get up and leave. Like, but speaking so, of awards, so awards is not something that I've used in my business, but it is something that I see yeah. lots of businesses do use that as a way to build their profile by entering, you know, there's business awards in just about every industry. Yeah these days and a lot of them allow you to self-nominate so you know that can be part of your marketing strategy to enter into these awards and then advertise that you've won them you know everybody loves going to a a, a provider or a business that's got lots of accolades yes yeah, specifically in professional services i see mm. that um well you know my feeling on on these awards they are very very good for marketing which is what mm. we're talking about today um, how they're judged and whether they're um what's the word um, they're truly picking yeah, they're truly picking the best best of the the relevant category yeah. in professional services that's not to say that in the trade-based industry or some of the other um industries out there that they aren't done the same way i've just watched the way the awards get done I think they're getting better, but for years it's, you know, self-nomination. Your mate nominates mm. you. You put yeah. in a good um, application, but form mm. or whatever application, and then, oh, you won. 
you're a finalist and then you won. Like, so mm. what, you only had five people return the nomination form, <laughs> so I'm a finalist? Like, maybe. But, possible. But, but they do um, work and it does make people um, attracted to your business by having these sorts of things on your website or your socials. Yeah. Or, um, attached to you. Um, and then the, uh, one of the other things I've done, um, and more so probably in the early days was, um, just some webinars and presentations. So I had, um, some different pre- professional yeah. bodies, um, approach me saying we need someone to do this. So I donated my time because I had time then. Um, yeah. and you know, I did yeah. a tax presentation or whatever. And one of those in particular, I've gotten quite a few mm-hmm. clients, um, out of having done that, that presentation. Um, it put me in front of, you know, yeah. a whole group of people. Um, and I think that one in particular, yeah. the webinar then went up onto their website for a set period of time. Um, so that was really helpful um, in attracting some clients. And I know you, Sarah, as well have, you know, been in a number of different articles and, and put forward um, some comments in various places that also helps to get your name out as well in the similar sort of vein. Again, I try. I, I like providing information, like, you know, it depends. I won't sit here and write a thousand word article for a publication. Like there's a lot that asks you to contribute. And if you were starting out in business, maybe that would be okay because it's valuable for you to get your name out there. And like I said, and the more articles time. you get published, the more credible, hmm. right? You have time. Whereas for me to sit here and write a thousand word piece that then gets published, but I get no business out of, hmm. I don't find valuable. So I pick and choose who I do. There's a, um, it's called Source Bottle. You can sign up to it online. It's a free online. They send you a lot of emails and a lot of it you, is not relevant. So you've got to pick um, the things that are relevant to your industry or whatever. And, you know, out of 10 that you reply to, one journo might pick up the phone um, and give you a call and ask for your contribution. And sometimes the stuff that they ask you and then what they publish is not what you said. So it's <laughs> potentially not worth sharing. Yeah. But, again, like if you're looking to build a personal PR brand, mm. um, if you're in a professional service as opposed to your full brand, or if you're in a trade and construction, if you want to grow the the brand of your business from credibility in the area, all of these things help. And again, they help with backlinks for SEO. So yeah. I then take that published article, I pop it on my website, I then share it on my socials. It, yep. You know, the audience that's watching me is like, oh, wow, Sarah's visible. She She's getting this interview yep. or she's doing this. So people think, oh, you know. And it's not that that's not happening 100%, but I've manufactured it deliberately <laughs> because that's how I get business. So yeah. you've, got to, you've got to work out, like, where is your time best spent? And that doesn't technically cost me money. So when I said earlier, if I had mm. my time over, I would spend money. Yeah, I would spend money on a website and a brand identity. Mm. That's usually around five to six grand depending mm. on who you use and designers that actually complete the task because I learned the hard mm. way many times before. So I pay a little <laughs> bit more for it and I'm comfortable with that. So, But other than that, the rest is free mm. unless you're paying for someone to do your social media, yeah. um, which I do as well. Um, but, you know, me spending time writing back to a PR email or contributing to an article or doing a podcast for somebody else or whatever, um, I mean, technically, we don't get paid to do these podcasts, and we're at sixty-three yeah. damn episodes. So yeah, exactly right. They've taken up our time, but I love being—I love being able to present them so that mm. people can learn off them. Yeah. Um, so that they again promote our businesses. They share mm. usable, friendly information in a—I think mm. in a way that they were so well received in a way that people can understand them. And I would be bullshitting you if I wasn't using them to generate business. Like, yeah, I'm being completely transparent. Well, it's part they of the, it's part of our time. marketing package, absolutely, isn't it? 
Um, and, yeah, and, but we and, made a decision, what, three years ago to go down this path and commit yeah. to it, and I think it's worked well. Yeah. Um, and if nothing else, we get to have a chat to, to each other and talk about things that are going on <laughs> in our businesses and things that are relevant for us as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I so, actually hey, you know, I remember... If you're considering a podcast, do it. Grab a friend, yeah. grab a biz buddy. Yeah. Do it. What do you got to lose? Nothing. Exactly right. You might learn some of... new skills in the meantime. Yeah, just a bit of time. But um, all of this actually makes me think of something that I remember hearing at a conference that I went to and they were talking about different marketing strategies and avenues. And, and she basically said, I hear a lot of people say I have to have a blog. She goes, I turn around at them and say, why do you have to have a blog? Well, because so-and-so told me I had to have a blog. And this person yeah. basically said, if you hate writing blogs, you will put off writing blogs. You will put half your energy into writing the blogs and you're going to produce something that's not really worthwhile and you'll have spent a lot of time and energy yeah. procrastinating about it, not really doing it. And her point was, if you don't enjoy doing blogs, don't do blogs, do video content or do social media or do something else that you do enjoy doing because that's actually the best marketing because people can tell when you're yeah. past it. hundred percent. I mean, A, I hate the word blog. You know this. I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand it. Well, you will you not use. find the word blog. Well, what do you Info use? center, article, articles and hub, info hub. <laughs> I cannot stand the word blog. Like, anywho, that's a different side point. But they do have value for SEO again and they're a yep. good way to share information. Or if you've got a mm. client that's not necessarily sure about you and wants to learn a little bit before they, you know, engage your services, mm. they can be valuable. But what you've said is 100% true, mm. which is why sometimes I outsource mine for the mm -hmm. same reason. Yeah. Um, and if I write them myself, I'm very blessed my sister is a copywriter. <laughs> Double check them um, before they go up. But I can tell you right now, the ones that have been more successful are the ones I wrote myself because I was really committed and passionate about the topic. Topic, um, yeah. And one of them, if you want to go read it, is when I coined the term fofu fear of fucking up yeah. like i wrote that blog and still to this day it's like it's five years old now like it is smack on the money um and i still stand by it because i was really passionate about like i was yeah. experiencing a lot of clients at the time having this fear of fucking everything up and therefore the procrastination or the stunned mullet <laughs> approach yeah. of not doing anything as a result yeah. and so um yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And look, the other thing I would recommend is if you do have a website and stuff and if you don't have your Google Analytics turned on, go and turn it on and check out who's 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 seeing your information, how long they're staying on the pages. Some pages they'll stay on longer and do more of what's working that keeps them engaged longer um, yeah. and don't worry so much about the other stuff. So if they're not staying on your blog page but they're staying on your podcast page, that yeah. answers that question, right? They yeah. Obviously the audience that you're engaging with prefers to listen to um, your knowledge rather than see it on a piece of paper. And I suppose that's a relevant point as well. Everyone absorbs data in different ways. So having <laughs> a range of ways for them to engage is a good option as well. Yeah. So to wrap up, Sarah, what would you be, yeah. what, would, what would be your number one tip for someone who didn't have a budget to go and engage someone and was sort of dealing with their marketing themselves? What's your number one tip or suggestion? Look, you can, you can build a square site website for what, 300 bucks. 
these days. Mm -hmm. Okay, it might not look perfect, but you can buy, you can get the template, you mm -hmm. can change the colors, you can put some information up on that. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's still three hundred bucks, but I think if I've said, I say this all the time, if you're going to go into business, you need to put some money on the line, or it's never mm -hmm. going to work in the first place. So, um, if you're going to do that, I would then invest in a blog. Yeah. And Facebook and probably Instagram, again, depending on the def demographics of your service mm -hmm. and the age of who you're going to sell to because Instagram or Facebook probably isn't going to cut it for anyone under 35. You're probably looking at TikTok. <laughs> um, again, I'll say it again, be very careful if you've got sensitive data on your phone about TikTok because they record keystrokes and they take in all of your info. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, yeah, be very careful about TikTok, but maybe just get it if you've got an old device. Get a second phone. Mm. Um, and only do it. Mm. Yeah, second phone um, and get around it that way. And I think that's probably a really valuable way to to engage from that point of view. Um, free Google. Google, again, it's free listing. Yep. Like especially where I live now, like a lot of people, as we've talked about before, it's it's Facebook, it's Facebook groups. That's how they um, see all of their info. So a lot of those people didn't have Google listings. And even the caterers for my birthday, they um, didn't have a Google listing and mm. They just started up there on Facebook and they got a Google listing and because they got a Google listing, they had another job booked within a week yeah. like because nobody else in the area had a Google Maps listing. Because they could find them. And I gave them a review, obviously. Like as, <laughs> as soon as they posted it, I gave her a review. So so prove credibility to whoever. Like know your audience, know, do your research, know your market because I think you've that was one an easy now. one for me. <laughs> Pardon? I think you've gone past one tip now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my number one tip would be actually sit down for half a day, brainstorm all the different activities you could possibly do and actually come up with a plan yeah. rather than just taking a scattergun yeah. approach of how your marketing might work. Plan out that what we're going to do, we're going to get a website, we're going to have a social website, um, social media, and yeah. we're only going to post once a week because that's all we need to do for our brand. Um, and we want some mm -hmm. business cards. But actually have a plan about what the things you're going to use for your business are and then implement that. I've, I feel like we've swapped bodies. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bought out the P word. I'm glad, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear it came from you. But, yeah, I was thinking that in the background. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you know, we'd, we'd love to hear from you guys what you guys have done, what you do. Um, again, this season we've got some really cool guests coming up, and you, you know, all of the stuff that we are bringing for you in terms of content is driven by the questions that you're asking. Mm. So, um, yeah, keeping it real over here. Um, so we'll probably wrap it up there today unless you've got anything else to add, Truths. No, wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for Thanks. joining us again. We will speak yeah, next, soon. Next episode we have Adam Wood coming in from a certified buyer to talk about ESG and compliance. Boring, right? <laughs> but it's a massive movement these days um, that everyone should be aware of regardless of industry that you're in. So that'll be super excited. And following that, we have Simon Whitaker coming in talking about photography. We're looking forward to that one. Yes, absolutely. So until next time, thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, everyone.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Financial Fofu. We really appreciate you tuning in and hope that you have subscribed to our channel. I just wanted to let you all know that the information and material in our podcast and any supplementary and associated information available is for general purposes only. It should not be taken as constituting professional advice from us, the podcast owners and our special guests. And we recommend that you seek independent, suitable advice that is specific for your unique circumstances. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you next week. Please, please, please send us, um, use our link and send us any requests or any feedback. We'd really appreciate it. Cheers.